You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates on the Pet Life Radio Network. I'm Keith Sanderson, creator and host of Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates, award-winning writer, animal expert, and sidekick of Max A. Pooch, the canine champion for animals and the environment. A unique Pet Life Radio program that is created for animal lovers everywhere. Each episode is dedicated to an awesome animal advocate whose work helps improve or save the lives of animals and make our planet a better place. Our guest today is Cynthia Bathurst. Cynthia is founder and executive director of Safe Humane Chicago. Safe Humane is a unique in that it touches both animal and human welfare. The fundamental idea that led to Safe Humane Chicago is that community safety and the humane treatment of animals are closely related, and violence towards animals in a community is highly correlated with violence towards people. Cynthia will share with us the primary programs Safe Humane undertakes, including a new program the organization has launched. But first, a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. Let's talk pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates. I'm your host, Keith Sanderson, and our guest today is Cynthia Bathurst, founder and executive director of Safe Humane Chicago. Welcome, Cynthia. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're welcome. I first became aware of you and Safe Humane when I wrote an article about your organization for the Chicago Examiner. In addition to founding and being a Safe Humane Executive Director, you also serve as an advisor on the National Canine Research Council. You're a member of Chicago's Commission on Animal Care and Control and a member of the City Clerk's Dog Owner Task Force. With that educational background, I assumed you would have a social science or animal-related degree. Instead, you have a BS in math and computer science and a PhD in English. Is that right? That's right. You know, that's odd because I'm looking at what you're doing and, and then I think that, you know, many of us sometimes are pigeonholed by what our majors in college were and feel that we can't make the change to something else. How and why did you ever make the transition from math computer to what you're doing now? You know, I'm really glad you asked me about the transition from math to English or uh, rhetoric and then to the animal and community work that I do now because people do think they get pigeonholed and you're not really. And that's because 
I've always viewed math and the English, and then I did a lot of work with rhetoric as just tools. They're really languages to help us make a living, but also to help us do what our passion is, our bliss. And so being able to describe the world in lots of ways and being able to bring more people to the idea that we want safe and humane communities, and we do it by including everyone in animals, are hugely important. It's almost silly to say it. They're very much a part of our lives, actually. People are animals, too, that it's really important to do that. And then the other opportunity is just whatever your educational backgrounds, things happen. There are opportunities and happenstances. And some things happened to me, you know, when I was in Chicago that had to do with community safety. And here I am. Well, you know, that's great because I think so many people want to help animals and they and they really think that, gee, I wish I would have done this 20 years ago. And you can really take whatever your tools are and do something to help animals. Exactly. And the more variety and diversity that we have and the more people thinking outside the usual boxes helps us think about how we can make our communities better for people and animals alike. You know, I think Safe Humane is, is a good example. I mean, you're rare, if not unique, in that Safe Humane touches both the social welfare and the animal welfare worlds. Can you briefly describe some of the programs of Safe Humane? Sure, I'd be delighted. What we try, what Safe Humane, well, our mission is to inspire positive relationships between people and animals. And that's a broad enough scope that what we can do is partner, as we do, and build collaboration with what you might think is non-traditional alliances. You don't think about child welfare and social welfare and justice groups and people coming together or animal welfare coming together, and that's exactly what we do. So we have several programs that are intended to benefit from the very strong and centuries-long human-animal bond, as well as to look at the problems we have in our society, particularly with with safety and being and humane treatment of everyone, animals and people alike. We focus on youth leadership. We have a youth leaders program at a West Inglewood High School. Those 27 high school students are awesome. They're learning to give presentations to elementary schools across Chicago, particularly on the south and west sides. And then they work with the court case dogs and with lots of our volunteers who have ambassador dogs who just want to show how to be safe and humane in our communities and how to spread the message and why abuse of animals, or people for that matter, is wrong and what you can do instead and how you can help. We also have a lifetime bonds program through a detention center, the Illinois Youth Center, where we take incarcerated young men. They learn how to bond with, connect with ambassador dogs, and then help with the court case dogs, which we'll talk about, and other shelter dogs and make them more adoptable. So it's really win-win. And when they get out, they can intern with us and help build job and life skills and the dogs are more easily adoptable. And then we have what we call a sort of a collaborative justice group of programming. And what that is is goes to the bottom and tries to help with training and education of law enforcement, of court professionals, and of social work professionals all around the connection between violence against people and violence against animals and trying to help with that. So we have court advocates who go to court every day of the week on any case that has to do with animals in any way whatsoever. We do the training program. In fact, I'm delighted, and it's hitting the stage now. We partnered with the U.S. Department of Justice COPS Office, their community-oriented policing services, and the National Canine Research Council, which funded it, to do a series of five 10-minute videos for police on police and dog encounters and how to do those safely and the range of tools that police officers have. 
to keep everyone safe when they encounter dogs in the community. And then in addition to that, we do a lot of community outreach, and we're about to launch a new program, which I think you want to know a little bit about, which actually brings another population in who can um, help. But all of that, now that you're confused and overwhelmed with my long (laughs) answer, all of that comes down to one thing, and that is the core of what we do is about safe and humane. And safe and humane starts from these dogs that we've helped. We call them court case dogs. They come in as evidence dogs, evidence of a crime against them or something involving them. So those dogs are maybe, I'm an abuser and I had beaten the dog and it's in court. The abuser is in court and that dog's under court control. Is that what happens then? Yeah, actually, it's it's kind of interesting. The dogs can stay owned by the person that is under state law and most state laws animals or property. They stay belonging to that defendant until either they relinquish them or the court orders them to their ownership to be relinquished to, in this case, the city of Chicago. And as soon as they're relinquished, our program kicks in. We evaluate their various behaviors with people and other dogs, and we help them as much as we can. And those who are brought into our program get lifetime behavioral support wherever they are with the dog, whether they're in a family, a shelter, or whatever, because we want to back these dogs and say, hey, they needed a second chance, and we sure don't want them to be twice, thrice, or four times abused. And I don't remember the, the figures, but I do recall that the rate of uh, the dogs being put down was quite high before you became involved. Can you tell us a little bit, like before and after, what's happened, you know, uh, percentage-wise or uh, statistics? We're actually very proud of this. Our court advocacy program had started in 2000, and we'd been into court some five or 6,000 times before we could ever have a great program, which we partnered with Animal Care and Control in 2010. And at that point, like other places, Any dog that came in associated with a court case sort of got forgotten in the court system for all kinds of reasons. And when we started, 2%, and I really am saying 2, 1, 2% of dogs coming in as as evidence got out of their impoundment alive, only 2%. As of the end of August, we are up to saving 70% of them. We have over 550 dogs in our program. We know their names, their adopters, we know where they are, some are therapy dogs, service dogs, just plain wonderful companions. Uh, They're our ambassador dogs, and they're living great lives, and um, we're really proud of that figure. That is fantastic. Now, Valor is one of your newest programs, and that sort of links back into your court case program. First of all, can you tell us what the acronym Valor stands for, and then a little bit about it and how it links into the court case program? Safety Maine is really honored to be part of this initiative which of Valor, which is Veterans Advancing the Lives of Rescues. And what it is is an eight-week training program at Animal Care and Control with our court case dogs. And what happens during those sessions is U.S. military veterans who in the pilot are with thresholds, a Chicago Psychiatric Rehab Agency, and we pair veterans with our court case dogs. And basically what they do is help heal each other. You might say the PTSD that some of our veterans are experiencing is also might be applied to what's happening to some of these dogs who've been through abuse. So we see this as the perfect way of joining two populations who really need each other and can help each other heal. Uh, The veterans are getting jobs and skills that they may need 
to move on as well as the dogs doing the same thing. And, of course, if the veterans are in a place to adopt a dog and fall in love with one of the dogs that they're doing, we will help them and give them lifetime support. So we're really happy about taking some pretty terrible statistics about our awesome veterans. 22 veterans commit suicide every day, we say, and there's 3 million companion animals who are fit for adoption but who die in U.S. shelters every day. We're going to pair those two populations and let them help each other, and it helps community, and we're very excited about it. Boy, that's a fantastic story. And uh, I think that's, you know, what really attracted me to uh, writing the first article when I read about some of the things you're doing. We need to take a break, but when we get back, can you tell us about Joe and Wigwam? Sure, be happy to. Okay, well, we're going to take a break right now. And uh, when we get back, we'll learn a little bit more about the Valor Program and Joe and Wigwam. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Hi, I'm Dr. Robin Gansert, President and CEO of American Humane Association, the country's first national humane organization, here to tell you about our new show, Be Humane, on Pet Life Radio. Each week, we'll be bringing you the latest news and issues affecting our animal friends, and we'll also be bringing you interviews with Hollywood's biggest animal advocates, here to share tales about their pets and what they're doing to promote a more humane world. Our own highly experienced staff and friends the organization will also join us each week to share what they're up to in the animal world. I hope you'll stop by. Until then, let's always remember to be humane. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Welcome back to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates. I'm your host, Keith Sanderson, and our guest is Cynthia Bathurst, founder and executive director of Safe Humane. And Cynthia is going to tell us about participants in the Valor program, two participants, Joe and Wigwam. So can you uh, tell us a little bit about these two? Absolutely. Um, We're talking about Joel Rudnick, who's a U.S. Army veteran who served in Iraq and Afghanistan and also continues to serve on reserve. And actually, he's the motivation. He and a court case dog named Wigwam, whom Joel adopted through one of our partner rescues, 
they are the inspiration in some ways of putting valor under safe humane. Joel said that when he came back from his duty in those two countries, he had a pretty tough time, some anger issues and those kinds of things. And you can see his story on a little video on Safe Humane Chicago's website under About Us and our video stories. And it's really pretty powerful. When he came back, he saw Wigwam's pictures because we have some awesome pictures online done by one of our pro bono and wonderful volunteers, Josh Beeney. And he had this wonderful picture of Wigwam online with our rescue partner. And he fell in love with her. And he adopted her, and as they say, uh, they saw each other, they learned to trust the human race again, and they needed each other equally. And so Joel and Wigwam, Wiggy as she's called, will be helping us visiting with the Valor Program and giving the veterans who are going through the pilot lots of support. Wow, that's a great story. Now, I understand there's currently a special online donation program for Valor. Can you tell us how that money will be used and also uh, how to get to the uh, website? Sure. Actually, if you go to safehumanechicago.org, our website, and just click on under programs, uh, you'll click on Valor, and it actually will soon be on the home page, but click on Valor. There's an actual click to where you can donate. We did a CrowdRise uh, launch for it and you can donate there or you can simply just donate through safehumanechicago.org slash donate and we'll get the monies. And what we use the money for there is to provide for, we provide for full transportation. We pay a stipend to the veterans who are coming. We purchase the equipment and whatever they need to help the dogs as well as equipment for the dogs themselves. And we provide for any special medical or, or extra training that the dogs may need. And if the veterans happen to want to adopt an animal, those funds will also help provide for the money that they need to keep that animal with them in their homes. That's a great organization that you're helping, uh, anything to do with the veterans. And speaking of organizations, the scope of uh, Safe Humane and the size, I should imagine, need a lot of volunteers to make things happen. And so I went to your website and I was impressed by your volunteer page. You have a really thorough list of the types of volunteers for which you're looking and their duties. Can you talk about what kind of opportunities are available for volunteers? And if I don't live in the Chicago area, can I still help out? Absolutely. We need people on the ground and on site in all the places that we have events, as well as we constantly need help with things like social media, getting messaging out, and also helping us raise funds for specific projects. So if you're in Chicago, you can certainly volunteer as uh, what we call a facilitator, someone who, who helps with our program beneficiaries and is sort of the liaison between that and what we call um, dog handlers and with the dogs because we count our dogs and ambassador dogs among our volunteers. So if, for example, you have a dog that you think is perfect for being with kids or maybe with police or maybe with tabling events and, and whatever, we have occasional assessments. In fact, we have one coming up on October 11th. So all people need to do is go look at our Get Involved tab on safetymainchicago.org and there's an assessment coming up on October 11th. We have monthly orientations 
for volunteers of all the things they can do. They can volunteer with our high school students, youth leaders. They can help us in our Lifetime Bonds program, which takes a little bit more time but works in our detention center and in outside. They can also help us at Animal Care and Control and become court case TOG volunteers. It takes a little bit because you become a Chicago Animal Care and Control volunteer through the city of Chicago, but we help you along the way. And then you can come anytime and help us with the many programs that we have for the court case dogs because, again, that finding a, a center and a force for everyone from those dogs outward brings together the youth leaders, the interns we have from Lifetime Bonds, the veterans, and so forth. So there's a lot of opportunity right there in our website. And then if you happen to be an event planner, you're great at graphics, which we definitely seriously need some more help with, social media, that sort of thing. There are a lot of things outside of Chicago you can help with. And again, if you have a particular program or a particular dog that you want to give to, we obviously uh, need the funds to make sure all the programs grow. We keep getting requests. And all we need is a few more resources to help with with trainers and managing the logistics and so forth. And we'll do whatever he asks us to. Designate it, we'd be delighted. Safe Humane is all about everyone. Well, that's great. Now, are there any upcoming events uh, that Safe Humane is putting on that the public can attend? Absolutely. We have a number of volunteers who have just been coming out of the woodwork, it seems, and we are delighted. On our website, again, under the Get Involved tab, there is a featured events, and what we put up there is all the upcoming events. We have two coming up in November, smaller events where you can go to a restaurant and enjoy your bliss. There's um, some craft beers at Revolution coming up in November, and then we're going to have a large fundraiser, our usual Diamonds in the Rough that we put off from October to March, and that will be up online soon, and we would love to help have people help with that. And then, of course, our Valor campaign, where we need some funds to make sure we have plenty to go on with the program once we've finished the pilot. You know, there's so many amazing stories of success that I hope you can share with us a story about a dog and or a dog and a human that have been helped by Safe Humane. Yeah, when I thought about what to say, there are so many because we have 550 dogs who miraculously are living well and counting. And so in addition to the Joel and Wigwam story, you might think about going and looking at some of our dogs. Most people think that, wow, they all look like pit bull type dogs. Uh, Is that okay? And so we do a lot of education about dogs as individuals. So if you go and look at some of the stories under About Us and our video tabs, you'll see that we helped eight poodles who were in a horrible fire that the Chicago Fire Department helped. And there's a couple of stories about that. But maybe what I should tell you about is our very first court case dog who became a canine good citizen, Dolly, who lives with her dad. And Dolly was saved by Chicago police and her puppies. Her puppies got adopted, but she was one of those when we first started that had been in a cage a very long time, well over six months, and never gotten out. We evaluated her. She went to Chicago Canine Rescue. She had some issues. She went to a mixed-up mutts program in Indiana at a correctional facility. She got her canine good citizen there, came back, became an ambassador, and has been doing police roll call trainings and been with the Chicago City Clerk and is quite the star and appears in a number of our programs and help children understand that dogs that look like brown or red-nosed pit bulls just may be an individual and the perfect companion. 
Well, that's a great story. And I think it probably, now I'm, if I'm speaking out of place, let me know, but it probably shows one of the things that you've been really successful at, and that's proving that dogs who have had bad beginnings can be rehabilitated and, and saved. And I think that's the reason that the courts, the dogs weren't surviving when they were taken by the courts because a lot of people believe that once a dog was mistreated like that, there was no chance for rehabilitation. Is that yes. correct? Yes, and I think the only thing that, I, that we would like to say is that the word rehabilitation sometimes, and just like our veterans tell us, is sometimes a stigma itself. So one of the things that we like to say is, yes, there is some rehabilitation for those who are injured seriously, but all these dogs and also the young incarcerated teens that we work with are not damaged goods. They're not throwaway beings. They're beings that if we understand where they came from as best possible, work with them, understand how to help them through what their first response might be, they can be safe, wonderful, and helpful members of our community. So yes, there's some rehabilitation, but for the most part what we do is Find out as much as we can about a dog, try to place it with the right kind of organization and then help them get it in the right kind of home and then say that this dog may have some scars, may have some bad things in their background, but they learn to deal with it with the love and the management and the companionship of a human. Just, by the way, like I say, some, some of the bad things that have happened to us in the past. Well, that's amazing. And I can relate to that because Max, he was a dog that was surrendered at six months and he'd spent most of his six months in a in a basement. And fortunately, I was retired when we adopted him and I had the time to work with him. And if he, we would have been working in a typical family, maybe we wouldn't have had the time and he would have ended up back in a shelter or rescue again and, and again. And uh, so I think, you know, it's, it's key. Well, a lot of what you do is just making sure the right dog is matched with the right organization or people. Exactly. And also, and then providing them with ongoing support so that people don't get frustrated. And then also to say, we need to do some stuff to prevent this kind of thing. I mean, Max's story, I was drawn to from the very beginning, which is part of why I'm so delighted that we're on this show, because it shows that whether a dog has a court case associated with it, with him or her, or whether or not, there are a lot of stories out there and we can help these animals. They're our responsibility and we want everyone to be safe and humane with everyone, people and animals alike. That's great because that's so encouraging. It's really that encouragement and belief and, and then the results that Safe Humane and your partnering organizations achieve. That's really great news. Now, again, where can I get more information about Safe Humane? First of all, if you go to our website, which is at safehumanechicago, all one word, dot O-R-G, and go to our homepage and click on any of the banners you see there. If you'd like to volunteer, you can click on Get Involved. If you'd like to donate, just click on Donate. And if you have a specific program, just tell it to us in the memo, and we'll do that and acknowledge that. And then come to one of our volunteer orientations. Our next one is, if you live in Chicago, that is, and our next, we have one a month, and our next one is in October. And, um, or come to our ambassador team orientation in, on October 11th. And just send us an email. You know, no matter what, if you want to get connected with us, email get connected, all one word, at safehumane, just safehumane.org. 
Okay, get connected at safehumane.org. You know, Cynthia, the clock has done it to us again. We've run out of time. And I want to thank you so much for sharing with our audience the work that Safe Humane is doing. And Max A. Pooch wants to give you and your colleagues and your volunteers at Safe Humane five big tail wagging wolves for the work you guys do. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I want to also thank Mark Winter, executive producer and co-founder of Pet Life Radio, and the sponsors who make this program possible. And please join us for each and every episode of Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates. And be sure to tell your friends about us. And remember, until we meet again, if you do a good thing for animals today, like maybe being a volunteer for Safe Humane, your reward will be you have helped to make the world a better place. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.